Folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Baseball. As always, Wake here with some guy named Steve. Long Island Nick is out. He's feeling a little under the weather, so T's and P's over to Long Island Nick. Art Conzarelli also out tonight, so we just got the two-man show, but we're going to bring you all the fantasy baseball knowledge that we can for this week. A lot to get to. Corbin Burns, the Oakland Athletics, a lot of pitchers we want to get to, but first, something more important we got to get to. You know how it goes. The flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. It's springtime. It's time to chop the weeds. And thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim safely and efficiently. Of course, I'm talking about the ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for you guys. Use promo code TRAINWRECK at 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's a movement like no other. Two million men worldwide trust Manscaped. I'm one of them. So many guys here at TRAINWRECK are. So many of our guests are. So you should become one too. Manscaped is here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it is time for some spring cleaning. You do see the promo code at the bottom there. Promo code TRAINWRECK, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Steve. It's been a weird week in baseball, kind of, hasn't it? What's, uh, what's you know, so many big storylines from the past week. What sticks out to you as maybe the most uh, notable? Well, I think we got to start right off with the Oakland Athletics, who have had a complete 180 from the start of their season to now. Um, yeah. The A's, I think, I believe they were one and seven to start the year. They're now winners of 11 straight, and they have been absolutely dominant in those games they've outscored their opponents 71 to 33 and that's after yeah after being outscored 50 to 13 in their first six well that's the thing you look at the standings the A's still have a negative run differential (laughs) they have a minus they have a minus two run differential after an 11 game win streak where they've been crushing everybody it's been a a remarkable turnaround they have four shutouts in their last six games their pitching seems to be back and their bats are heating up especially matt olson who right now it feels like he's hitting a home run every day i believe he's Mm -hmm. got six home runs in the 11 game win streak he's batting like 390 yep it's crazy he's never gotten an all-star nod yet this seems like it'll be the year for him right I will always pull for Matt Olson because he has been like my budget first baseman for so many years, like before he came popular, just because he's a guy who has 40 home run potential. It, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, helps been a concern here and there, and his average isn't the best. But when Matt Olson's on, he can win you a week. He can, he can win a week. Just it'll hit five, six home runs in a week, driving, you know, 12 RBIs. And that's really what Matt Olson's doing right now. So I, I will always like Matt Olson, and with the A's too, I think the A's are a very likable team in general. I, I don't know a lot of people who don't like the A's, and also too, they're they're kind of the team that always goes back and forth with the Astros, and ever since the whole cheating scandal came out, I think everyone's even more on top of the A's. Yeah, for sure. So I'm loving this 11-game win streak. Um for fantasy, you know, impacts, like I said, Matt Olson's been great. Jed Lowry has been another guy who's, you know, been sneaky right. good. Mm-hmm. He usually surfs the waiver wire on and off all year. Like, oh, I feel gosh. like he's one of those guys that I seem to pick up three times a year. And now this is the first time between him and uh, and Joey Wendell, two guys mm-hmm. who are like, like, you know, stereotypical waiver wire guys now have found homes for themselves. And they're basically carrying their teams right now as best they can. 
Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Chad Lowry, I wouldn't be shocked in a month if we saw him right back on the waiver wire. But of he's course. that type of player. He's so volatile. You want to pick him up when he's hot because he, he he's another guy who can bat, like, 400 over, like, two, three weeks. Just keep him in your lineup. And then, you know, what? when he cools off, just drop him. No, no one's going to be rushing to pick up Jed Lowry. And no one's going to, you know, give you the kitchen sink for Jed Lowry. So just he's kind of those fantasy players I really like. Cause they're just guys you can just kind of – transfer between your roster and the waiver wire and not have to really worry about anyone stealing them. Mm-hmm. That's what last week. I believe we said that the, uh, that fantasy is one, basically it's not lost in the draft for baseball. Right. It's one in free agency. And if Jed Lowry is one of those guys that you can keep cycling, I swear, like I said, I do that every single year. What's interesting to me about the athletics is it, it's their pitching yeah. started cold all at the same time. And now everyone from Chris Bassett, who's been the only one consistent, actually, you know, credit to him. He's yeah. been really good. But, you know, from Sean Manea to Cole Irvin, who it has a career like seven ERA, they cooled off to start the season. And now all of them are hot right now. I mean, like, I feel yeah. like for the past few years, the athletics and Jed Lowry kind of goes right perfectly into this. They've just been such a streaky team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that begs the question, how is – like, they're not going to win the, – their franchise record for wins is 20 in a row. They're halfway there, right. so fun to speculate about it. But they're not a team with the talent to win 20 games in a row, are they? Well, I think the biggest thing, I think for the A's in my life, the past 15 years has been there are a bunch of guys that no one really knows of. They just yeah. seem to play well every single year. And that's what I love about the Oakland Athletics. They don't really have superstars on this team. You could say Chapman is is a potential superstar. Yeah, but he's, 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 he's a non-factor. Exactly. He's he's phenomenal defensively. His bat's been struggling this year. Yeah. But, you know, Matt Olson, he's not a superstar. You know, he's, he's his name's becoming a little more popular. You know, they have one of the top prospect pitchers, Jesus Lazardo, who finally had a good start, which oh God, yeah. it took long enough for that to happen. But yeah. that's not another guy, too, that, you know, everyone knows. The Oakland Athletics just have a bunch of guys who get the job done year in, year out. And, and that's why I kind of like this team, because they don't have, you know, those popular names. But they're just consistent. They're a grind-you-down team, and it looks like another year where the athletics are figuring it out, and they're just going to be better than people expected. And so they and the Astros have kind of completely flipped. The Astros yeah. started out super hot, and now they're 7-10. and 10. Athletics started out 0-6, and, and now they lead that division. They're at 12-7. Yeah. and 7. So, you know, between them, Mariners, Angels, Rangers, and Astros, I think the only one we can completely rule out to win the AL West would probably be the Rangers, just because yeah. I feel like they have the lowest ceiling and by far the lowest floor, right? Although, shout out Nick Solak, who's who's oh. starting to figure it out. He's striking out last I know we talked about mm-hmm. him a little bit last week as a guy to hold on to because he has that potential. Mm-hmm. He's starting to show it. He is starting to show it. But I would say, yeah, the, the Rangers are definitely the, the bottom team in that division. Mm-hmm. The Mariners have been surprisingly decent. Right? Their batting has been yeah. shocking to start the year, to be honest. And it's really like, going to get better. Mm-hmm. Between Mitch Hanniger, and I know there are a t- yeah. that was your call, and you yeah. know the week before that with Cons and, and Nick in the first episode, they both had some, some Mariners to put out there too. So that's another interesting team that, I'll be honest, I didn't prepare enough about. So we'll talk more about the Mariners next week because I think they, they do deserve some more love than I'm able to yeah. give them right now. Uh, but I know we wanted to get into talking about some pitchers too. Most yeah. notably, I mean, 
Okay, first of all, second most notably, Rob, I'm never going to say go Yankees unironically. Um, but most notably with pitchers this past week uh, in the MLB is Corbin Burns just doing a complete 180 on his career, to be completely honest. Like, if you were to ask me, give me a list of 20 pitchers who you think can set any MLB record in 2021, Corbin Burns would not have been on that list. So, so Steve, like, what do you, what's 40 strikeouts, no walks? He oh. used to be a reliever. Like, what do you think is, is leading to this just – inexplicable run of his well that's the thing his rookie year he was disastrous it was one of the worst years we've ever seen and i know he was you know a guy they said could have great stuff but that rookie year was so bad so many people wrote him off shortened mm -hmm. season last year he, he kind of found it a little bit he had like a two era a really good k per nine but i don't think people really believed in it you know shortened season you had the larger sample size with just it was it was too tough to tell which year is the legitimate Corbin Burns. But I think the start of this year, I don't I don't think we can deny his stuff anymore. Corbin Burns. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about another guy later, too. But I think he is going to be one of the next aces of baseball with the pitch arsenal. He has everything moves. Mm -hmm. His cutter is you can't hit it. You just can't hit it. You can't hit it. He the the stat of the day I tweeted it yesterday for for Trainwreck Fantasy I know you liked the tweet is mm -hmm. that uh, where the hell is it where the hell is it opposing batters are four and forty one with twenty strikeouts in any at bat ending with a Corbin Burns cutter that is a point yeah. oh nine eight batting average it's which ridiculous is genuinely unheard of now I am gonna say I'm pumping the brakes on my expectations for him at least this year. Because okay. until this, even up until this year, the most innings he's ever gone in a game is seven. This year he's gone six, 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 and 6.1. Right. So you're not going to get the big innings totals. You're not going to get the big strikeout. Okay, no, you're getting the strikeouts. Who am I kidding? Oh, his Cape <laughs> is ridiculous right now. Yeah, but like you're not going to get the complete games, which I know are, are anomalies anyways. You're not going to get the, the complete game shutouts, no hitters and all that. But – Man, it, I'm not. I would never advise to to sell Corbin Burns, but these four weeks are his ceiling. He's not gonna keep what? pitching like this. He has the single what? best strikeout rate in baseball right now, and it's up in like the 30s. He's also he's also first in FIP with with a .82 FIP, which is you'll never see that. You will never see that. His WHIP is .3. Three <laughs> that a starting pitcher never has near that whip. So saying this is a ceiling, I agree. This is almost every pitcher's ceiling at this yeah. point. What Corbin Burns doing is sensational. His swinging strikes, sixty-six swinging strikes, a nineteen percent swinging strike rate in four games. Those are both above elite averages. Yeah, in, and and he's been consistent. Fifteen swinging strikes in his first game, then sixteen, then nineteen, then sixteen again. Even if he doesn't get to that seventh inning, yeah, he's been phenomenal. And he's someone, you know, I've watched too. A lot of times, like I say, you can read a box score. You can look at stats and be like, oh, this guy, you know, he's pretty good. I've watched a couple of Corbin Burns starts this year. He looks he that looks good. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's hitting the paint on the on the just in the strike zone more often. Like every time when my friend Eric and I used to play uh, MLB The Show together, every mm -hmm. time. And, and he would always kill me 
fuck this guy. <laughs> he would always, every time there was a strike on the line, he would just yell paint. And now whenever I see a strike, a called third strike right on the edge of the strike zone, I instinctively do that myself. Watching Corbin Burns, I almost lose my voice. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's, he yeah. only hits corners this year. It's been to have, you know, his location right now and have zero walks the way he's locating pitches is yeah. unbelievable it's something we really have haven't seen in a long time especially from a guy who like i said his rookie year it looked like okay this guy he's never going to do anything he, he just mm -hmm. can't figure it out but sometimes with these pitchers that have the pitches and the high ceiling you gotta wait a few years and see you know once they develop you know location command what can happen and with corbin burns it's been it's been masterful yeah, and this is just his fourth professional season. So, like, yeah. obviously these pitchers, you have to wait for them to develop a little bit. Corbin Burns, I think he's even ahead of the curve, to be completely honest. Yeah, and, 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 like, I'm, when I said I'm not going to advise selling high on him, at least, like, let's say you're a team with Corbin Burns, but you have a lot of issues in your batters. Yeah. Just start – testing the waters don't say hey i want to trade corbin burns because then people are going to be like wait what the hell are you thinking people if they see oh i need a hitter and they look at your lineup and see someone who just broke an mlb record right. they might throw some stupid trade offers out there that might end up looking good to you so don't go out there post on the message board but definitely maybe test the waters because you're not going to keep getting this capitalize on it while you can uh anything else on corbin i know you have one more picture you want to get to before we do buy low sell high I do, and I will say one more thing on Corbin is yeah. you're not going to get you know better value than you can for him right now. If you did want to sell him, I mean, what do you think his price is going to be? People have to be valuing him as one of the top pitchers in baseball right now. You, you look at what he's done, you can't make that argument. Honestly. Yeah, you you really could try to get whatever you want for Corbin Burns. His value, I mean, it, it can't go any higher than it is right now. No, absolutely not. And another pitcher with incredibly high value yeah. – is Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Steve, you said you wanted to bring him up on this show, so I'll let you kick this yeah. off. <laughs> so I wanted to bring him up last week, and then I watched another one of his starts. He was great again, so I figured why not bring him up this week. Kind of same deal as Corbin Burns. He's a guy who, you know, how long he could go into games was his big concern and kind of, you know, pitching command. <clears throat> but Glass now – it looks like he's figured out those little kinks and he has a new pitch now, his slider that has complemented his 100 mile an hour fastball wonderfully. Mm -hmm. And glass now, he just looks like the guy who's going to be one of the next, you know, generational aces. Six foot eight, he's that tall, you know, skinny pitcher who just has dominant stuff he like i said he can throw triple digits he has a great curveball added a great slider this year and like corbin burns his stats are backing him up i mean 36 strikeouts to seven walks and four starts as a guy who usually struggles with location that's a great start for him he's yeah. third in baseball with fip so you know that's supporting what he's doing and his swinging strikes are just as good as corbin burns 12 14 12 and 25 swinging strikes in a single start which is the highest in baseball this year i mean he's got elite <laughs> numbers to back up what he's doing and he's another guy too i've watched i think every one of his starts this year you're, when you're watching it, it supports, you know, everything you read in the box score. He just looks like a guy who has figured it out. And I'm very happy because I have him in every single one of my leagues this year. He was kind of one of my guys coming into the year. 
and I kept him in a dynasty league, which I'm super wow. stoked wow. about for that. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot. I've only watched one Tyler Glass now game, and it was the uh -huh. one last weekend against the Yankees. So that was probably his worst start of the year, too. He, he still, still pitched great. And that's what I want to say. In what was his worst start of the year, he came away with five innings, one run, and seven strikeouts. If that's your worst start of the year so far, that's your floor. He's easily the safest pitcher in all of baseball. And the ump in that game was terrible behind the plate. He yeah. missed, I think I counted, like three called third strikes, I think. Yeah. Like minimum. Well, like, and that's the thing, too. Yeah. That adds up. You miss yeah, one of those, here comes a base runner. Here comes a base runner. And and, and usually that used to get to glass now, you know, the past couple of years. He, that that's used to what get I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's just matured so Absolutely. much. It's so easy. I used – okay, I'm going to say I used to pitch. This was in Little League, so take it with okay. a grain of salt. But, like, when, when you're pitching and you know you're doing everything right and it's still not working out, it is such a – it takes such a mental toll on you. And just credit to Tyler Glass now for powering through and just having the Sean McDermott mental toughness to, to – when everything is working against you – to get out and even he earned the win that day too. Like it's yeah. not just like he, he got a no decision. He earned the win and you know, he deserves the credit for it. Um, you know, we'll get into buy low, sell high now. Um, I'll let, you know, I'll let you go first again. Uh, or as this goes every week, we're each going to give, <laughs> we'll each give one guy for buy low, one guy for sell high. Uh, and then we'll get into some free agent ads and then we will get out of here for the week. Uh, so Steve, who is your buy low? So, this pains me to say because I'm a Cardinals fan, but my buy low is Anthony Rizzo of the Chicago Cubs, and for a number of reasons. The, the first reason is first baseman has been a wasteland this year in fantasy. Yeah. We knew it was going to be kind of lower going into the season, but it's mm -hmm. been pretty bad. A lot of the stars are struggling, and it's not deep at all. Like One of the guys I'm going to talk about in my waiver wire pickups he's the number four first baseman and i bet half you know half baseball fans haven't even heard of him but yeah. anthony rizzo popular name but he's kind of struggled he struggled badly last year and he struggled at the start of this year and the cubs offense was absolutely dreadful and the first 13 games this year i think they averaged 2.6 runs a game which was easily the worst in baseball and rizzo was a large part of that he was he's batting terribly but a lot of it was bad luck and i kind of expect to see regression go the other way with rizzo he's, he's right now he's batting 246 so he's picking up a little bit he's got three home runs two steals only five rbi so the counting stats really haven't been there which kind of hurts his value a little bit but that's yeah. good if you want to buy low on somebody you want the counting stats low because when mm -hmm. the cubs offense gets better those are going to go up and the cubs offense 36 runs in their last four games nine runs a game a little better than the 2.6 in the first 13. Yeah. But Rizzo's a guy that I think still has something to give. And his, his fly ball rate is up. His BABIP is 50 points lower than major league average. And what BABIP is, it's batting average of balls hit and play. So basically, you know, what that's saying is Rizzo's just gotten unlucky on the balls hitting the plate. His hard hit rate is up from last year and above major league average. And his last seven games, he's batting 400 and he has both his home runs in that game. I think Rizzo's hitting the ball well. The Cubs offense yeah. is getting better, but the year-long numbers don't really show that he's having a good year. I think he turns it around pretty quickly, and I think right now is a good time to go in and get him. For uh, You could 
you really wouldn't have to give up too much because a lot of people that have Rizzo this this year probably know what Rizzo did last year, and they're just kind of tired of him underperforming. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I'm completely with you on Anthony Rizzo. He was someone that I almost drafted this past year, and I was kind of worried about some regression. And he's someone that I don't know why. And this is just one of those instincts that paid off. I thought he might start a little slow. You know, yeah. every year there are veteran players who are usually consistent that get behind the curve. And it's usually hitters uh -huh. are ahead of the curve of pitchers at the beginning of the year. Sometimes, for whatever reason, there are people who, you know, start at an all-time low, basically, at the beginning of the year. Someone that I'm going to bring up for my buy low is basically kind of in the same boat. A name brand, not off to the best start. And that might be the only reason it's hard to buy low on these guys is because it is right. a name brand. Also, my guy... He all, does already have three homers this year. It's Freddie Freeman. Yeah. He like his batting average two twenty two, but his expecting expected batting average is fifth highest in the MLB. And it's I would understand why the three home runs might make it difficult for someone to sell off on Freddie Freeman. Like it's hard to find someone with like just such the high average exit velocity, max exit velocity. He's up there in hard hit rate percentage in the MLB too. Like all the underlying numbers are there. He just can't get on base consistent enough. So right. this is more one of those, you have to play your league and see what his owner needs. If his owner is losing batting average every single week, you want to go swing for Freddie Freeman. Mm -hmm. If his owner has a ridiculously high batting average, he's not going to want to give him up. So, you right. know, the, both of, kind of both, same with Anthony Rizzo. You know, it's you kind of got to play the league and play like you have to know the owners of the teams in your league, too. Um, but as far as Freddie Freeman goes, uh, he's been doing what he's been doing this year, you know, without. Um, Excuse me. Without Ozzy Albas, who might be hurt, he 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 was yeah. he's, he took Ozzy Albas' spot at two, and he's been struggling all year. So if if Albas gets healthy, the prospects of having a healthy Albas and a healthy Freeman in the same lineup at the same time, we've seen what that can be before. And yeah. so I'm just buying in on the ceiling of the potential of those two getting back together. Um, but Freeman is more of a risk, I would say, based on his batting average this year. I would also say, too, you probably have to give up a little more for Freeman yeah. than you would for Rizzo just because Freeman That's has cool. the potential to be you know, the top-rated first baseman and really give you you know top-two-round mm -hmm. potential stats. But Freeman's a guy, I mean, I love the Braves' offense. Acuna's coming back this weekend, and it's if you're good. batting behind Acuna, there's a lot of RTI opportunities. Yeah, no, I was going to – I can't believe I forgot to say Acuna was coming back. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, then we'll go into sell high here. I just did this unironically. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sell high is going to be – I keep doing it now that I'm thinking about it – is someone who is probably one of the most famous names in baseball just because of what he did in the playoffs last year. Um, but he's kind of he's followed it up pretty well, but not to the extent to justify his ADP that he was drafted yeah. at. And that's Randy Orozarena. Uh, like I said, extraordinarily memorable playoff surge. It, it was oh, ridiculous yeah. what he did last year. And he had a home run almost every game. <laughs> every game. And, you know, people thought that he might be able to be one of those 2020 guys this year. It's not. You know, it, it could be there. It looks like it, it could be his batting. His um, his, his average is 246, which isn't great. 
but you know his underlying numbers are really good and you know at, at, i just i feel like he's hit his peak from last year where you might be able to convince yeah. someone to sell high um it, it really the point of bringing a rose arena up is you got to make good use of the assets that you have forget about the pick that you spent on him if you don't think he's living up to that there's someone who's going to see that he's on your team and you want to give him up and they're going to be like oh it's a rose arena do you remember what he did last year like it's right. again it's easy to sell high on the name brands even when they're performing at an average to slightly above average level um and so that's why i was happy i didn't end up drafting him in any league this year <laughs> Yeah, I didn't take him in any either, just because I think you're right. It, his draft position was inflated by what he did in the postseason. That always kind of scares me a little bit because it's such a small sample size. Exactly. But that's one of my biggest tips for fantasy baseball, too. Once we get about a month into the season, just forget about ADP. Forget where you took yes. these guys. If they're not performing to the level you expect, get rid of them. Mm -hmm. get, and and I, I think to your point, there could be someone who recognizes the name, you know, Randy or Rosarena, recognizes what he does and goes, hey, there might be potential there. And they could mm -hmm. pay more than what you even expect to get from him. So I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, and, and I was wrong about his batting average. I don't know how I had it wrong, but I said it was 246. It's 279, which is much okay. better, to be completely yeah. honest. Uh, it could be difficult to get someone to buy into his high strikeout total. It's up to 24, and he's only walked four times. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I think that, you know, that, that 279 batting average is probably the peak for him. And for someone who's struggling in that category, right. might be willing to send you a, a, a decent pitcher, a decent reliever, uh, which as we've seen with all the injuries, it's good to have as many relief pitchers as you can in the MLB right now. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're a Julian Merriweather guy, like I <laughs> and Jordan Romano, and now I'm not going to do Rafael Delise because that just sounds depressing. <laughs> uh, so who's your who's your sell high, and then we'll get into uh, into some guys to buy on the free agent market. So my sell high is someone whose stats look pretty good, but it's get what you can for him now because I think in a month people are just going to render this guy useless, and that's Tyler Naquin of the Cincinnati in the, Reds. In the first episode, he was a free agent ad recommendation. That's well, how fast things move in fantasy baseball. Well, and that's the thing too. He, he's not. He wasn't a bad free agent, you know. Pickup that no. that wasn't bad at all. He's been great so far. Yeah. It's just he's batting two sixty, six home runs, eighteen RBIs, and slugging six forty. That's a great season if you you know keep up that pace all year long. I just don't think he'll sustain that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my biggest reasons for sell highs is trade away the guys whose stats look good but are kind of deceptive. Tyler Naquin. He's the fourth outfielder in Cincinnati. It doesn't matter how he's performing, but since Jesse Winker's been back, he's been playing almost every day. Yeah. The Reds still want to get Nick Senzel regular at-bats because he was you know, a top prospect at one point. They want to get him the at-bats. And they have Nick Castellanos, who just came back from a suspension today. I believe he hit a home run. So there you go, Rob Manfred. Suck on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the Reds have you know three solid outfielders. Naquin's fourth he's kind of the odd man out there there's no dh in the nl once again thank you rob manfred um <laughs> <laughs> but naquin's a guy you know his stats look pretty good he's just not playing that much anymore he sat out for the last nine games and although the year-long stats look good he's not going to keep that pace up he's probably someone who's going to eventually be dropped anyways so if you mm -hmm. could just get you know an okay starting pitcher for him a guy who can give you you know a a few quality starts here and there, or maybe, you know, a bench bat that 
has potential to be something more, that's what I'm selling Naquin at. I, I know I know sell high, you know, everyone thinks, oh, sell high, take a guy and try to get, you know, a first round talent for him. That's not realistic, especially no. if you're in leagues with owners that know what they're doing. So try to trade a guy whose stats, you know, they look pretty good on paper, but you kind of know that a downfall is coming. And Tyler Naquin is a guy who I think, you know, it's just he's not playing enough. And the Reds really have kind of made it known that they want to keep Senzel in the lineup. They really tr want to try to see if he can develop. And Castellanos and Jesse Winker have been, you know, looking like everyday players. So mm -hmm. I think Naquin's a good guy to try to, you know, get what you can for him now before it's too late. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I love fantasy baseball because mm -hmm. if you hit on some of these guys who are good free agent ads, oh, yeah. when you can just keep spinning assets and just mm -hmm. keep adding like actually valuable pieces to your team. That's it's 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 by far the most challenging. But when you get when you get the feel for it, it's it's pretty rewarding to see you know how you go from the team that you drafted into having you know mostly guys that you pick up on the free agent wire right. and then a month later it's all guys that you trade for almost or like a healthy mix obviously it, that's the thing too there's no better feeling than trading a guy for someone who's kind of been underperforming and the first two weeks you get him that guy's batting like 400 he just starts exploding it's the exactly. best feeling and that's what i love to do i love manipulating the waiver wire and getting guys who are hot at the right time and selling them off before you know it's too late Exactly. And that's what we're going to get into right now is some guys that you can add on the waiver wire. Uh, one, I said I had like two and a half before we started recording <laughs> here. Uh, I'm just going to say because, you know, you might have to get to him kind of quick. Um, tonight, like last, or I'll start by saying this. Earlier this week, Miami lost Starling Marte. With yep. Starling Marte, they're not a good hitting lineup. Without Starling Marte, they're going to be an even worse hitting lineup. So for the next five to seven days, that's the minimum amount of time that Marte is going to be out. You should be streaming every pitcher you can against the Marlins. And tonight right. they get Aaron Sanchez. He's not a great pitcher. He's but been okay so far. He's been okay so far, and he gets an easy task at 9.45 p.m. tonight. So if you're if you're listening and you need a pitcher right now for, for tonight to win some categories like I do, I added him about – 30 minutes ago. He's still available in a lot of leagues. So go do that one right now. Now I'm going to have two more. Steve's going to have two uh, and we'll get out of here. Steve, kick off uh, the final segment here. So um, my first pickup of the week, I, I wrote about this earlier today. It's mm -hmm. Danny Duffy of the Kansas City Royals. And I know you said Danny Duffy's burned you way too many times in the past to trust him. Oh, but God. here's the thing. Danny Duffy's free right now. He's owned in less than half of ESPN leagues, and his stats this year have been remarkable. He's got a .5 ERA, a 1.1 whip. He struck out 19 batters in 21 innings, yep. I think. He's got three quality starts. He's got a two-start week next week. So th this is this That's is why I pick up Danny Duffy, mm -hmm. because hopefully next week he turns into my sell high. Two-star <laughs> week next week. You got a guy who's got good stats, right? You get two starts. He plays the Tigers, and I believe it's the Twins. You know, the Twins have a pretty good offense. The Tigers' offense hasn't been great, but you never yeah. know what could happen. First off, a two-star week. We love two-star weeks in fantasy baseball. It's it's always a blessing to have guys, sure. you know, who can give you a starting pitcher, give you almost 12-plus innings in a week. But mm -hmm. if he does well in both those starts, you can get trade value for this guy. 
he he's been a guy who's been you know in and out of the waiver wire for the past i think five six years in fantasy baseball Minimum. and the thing with dan <laughs> exactly and the yeah. thing with danny duffy is to get him when he's hot and get rid of him when he's cold and right now danny duffy's pitching some of the best he's pitched in his career mm-hmm. he's he's not owned in half of espn leagues i don't know what people are doing i don't know they look at the stats pick him up yeah. he gets he gets you two good outings next week you're going to get a lot more for him because next thing you know, he's going to be rated as like a top 15 starting pitcher, even though he's not that type of talent. No, but that's how quickly things change in ML exactly. in baseball rankings. It's Those are never reflective of how valuable they actually are on the field. And so, yeah, the Danny Duffy call is fantastic. This might be the only time that there's a window where you can get him and sell yes. on him. Like, sometimes it happens three times in one year. Sometimes it only happens once. So – especially with the two start week one against Detroit. That's a great call. It really and is. And that's, that's the thing too. I was shocked. Dan Duffy was less than 50%. His yeah. ownership will probably go up 25% on Monday before the Detroit start. Cause everyone will see, Oh, he's pitching against the Tigers. He's been good so far this year. I want to stream that. Yeah. Get ahead of the curve, pick him mm-hmm. up, have him sit on your bench for, you know, a few days of the weekend. And next thing you know, you got him against the Tigers before everyone else. Yep, and my guy again is is similar to that based on potential, not what we know him for doing. Granted, mm-hmm. we should know Avisel Garcia as someone who can produce. It's just two years ago he hit twenty home runs and had ten stolen bases. Yeah. So you could get him. Or it's 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 really difficult to get someone capable of getting twenty and ten on the free mm-hmm. agent this late into the season. Right. Right. And right now he's about to walk into a position where he's going to have even more opportunity with Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich out for a little yeah. bit. And he's his batting average is, I think, around 222 or something of that nature. Yeah, it is yeah, it's lower. It is lower, but he does have a hit in like the last eight games or so. Mm-hmm. He is on a bit of a tear and his hard hit rate is in the in the high 50s. His expected on base percentage is 456. And it's down in the low 300s right now. So the underlying numbers say that Avisel Garcia, with the new expanded role that he's about to walk into, should be able to capitalize and give you better than what he's done so far. And we just we know that there is the power and the talent there. The batting average might not be great, but if you need home runs, you need doubles. He's a guy, and stolen bases, obviously. He's a guy that can help get you there in those categories, uh, especially with so many injuries right now. You know, it's good to take a flyer on guys like this who have a proven track record of success in the in the MLB. And he does yeah, already I, have four home runs on the year, so it's not like he's done nothing. You know, I like that pickup too because the Brewers' offense is starting to—they're starting to produce runs. They're getting a little better, and I love Christian Yelts to death, but he can never stay on the field. He, he really can't. Lorenzo Cain, same issue. Yeah. The Brewers have a lot of good players. They just can't stay healthy. Avisil Garcia, he, he's going to have a spot in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember last two years ago, I traded – I got him in a Jose Altuve trade, and it was outstanding, the return. I, I can't remember the – I got him in a pitcher for Jose Altuve, um, and it was it was by far one of the best fantasy baseball trades I've ever made in my life. I do have a soft spot for Garcia, so it was only a matter of time until I brought him up on <laughs> Uh, who is your last free agent ad uh, for week three? So my last one's kind of a boring one because 
I think people are going to look at the ceiling and be like, ah, he's not worth it. But right now, the fourth-rated first baseman in ESPN leagues is Colin Moran of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, man. <laughs> he's batting. I know. I know. That's how bad first baseman's been. He's batting, yeah. I believe it's 298. He's got four home runs, 13 RBIs, eight runs. The Pirates' offense has been better than expected this year. Better he's batting, than expected, yes. <laughs> and he's batting cleanup. I mean, he's going to get you a lot of at-bats. He's playing every day for this team, and he's got 25, 30 home run power potential. And if you don't remember, a couple of years ago, there was another first baseman power hitter for the Pirates that was a free agent pickup right around this time, Josh Bell, who actually yeah. you know, made an all-star appearance because of a hot start. If Colin Moran can just you know keep the power going – he can help you in the short term. And, and like I said, it's a free agent pickup. There's no risk involved with this. If you have a first baseman who's struggling, which I know a lot of owners do because Colin Moran's the fourth ranked one, pick up <laughs> Colin Moran, plug him in while he's hot, see if he can keep giving you you know some power throughout the next coming weeks and wait for your other first baseman to pick it up. It's not going to hurt you to have Colin Moran in your lineup. Yeah, that um, the, when I I think I had Josh Bell that year, and I, I actually ended up I drafted him because my league is that deep. Like, mm -hmm. oh my god, he was we the way we do our draft is we draft like we fill out the starting lineups and then we draft yep. like the reserves, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he was one of my reserve picks last year, that year, and he ended up almost winning me the league. I lost first round oh, yeah. in typical Wake fashion, but <laughs> I think I think it was two years ago Josh Belfinch was like the number three first baseman. He was incredible. Yeah. And that's the thing. He was no one heard of him before that. Yeah. Colin Moran is a guy he's gonna get he's gonna play every day. He has that 30 home run potential. There's no risk to pick him up. If you have a first baseman who's struggling, there is zero risk to pick up Colin Moran and just plug him in for now. It might be boring. He's not a top prospect. He's, you know, he's not a guy people are sprinting to the waiver wire to get. Mm -hmm. But he's a guy you can plug in, and, and he's effective. And I will say, Kyle Moran does have a little, you know, soft spot in my heart because I went to a Pirates game, mm. and before the game, you know, we're all pre-gaming, we're all drinking – and we're all picking who we think's gonna, you know, have the best game. And I, I just threw out Colin Moran. I, no one's heard of him. I go, oh, Colin Moran's gonna have have a great game. He's gonna get hit two home runs. And we're all laughing about that. We get to the stadium. He's not even in the starting lineup. Not even playing. So I'm getting made fun of the whole game. <laughs> what do you know? Eighth inning, Colin Moran comes in to pinch hit with the bases loaded and hits a grand slam. <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's really – I come from a Pittsburgh sports family, and I, living in Buffalo, I was raised a Bills fan, I'm a Sabres mm. fan, and that's how I've always – but, like, I've been to a bunch of Pirates games, and I do have to say I do have some good memories of Colin Moran there too myself. So, so I do like that call, and I'm sure if my dad listens back to this, I'm sure he'll be happy that you brought him up too. Uh, so, <laughs> Harry, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I'll get out of here with my last free agent. And now this is like a deep, deep, deep cut. Okay. But, but he's starting to get a bigger role with Tampa Bay. In the last six, seven games or so, he's been in the leadoff role and he's been in the cleanup role. He's got a ridiculously high on base percentage at 400, and he has more walks than strikeouts, which is something that's really, really rare in baseball in general. And, and, it's, important Yandy, too. and it's important, too. It's Yandy Diaz. He's a first base and third baseman. So in a, in a league, in a year, I mean, 
when third when first base has been such a wasteland like what's the worst you can do than bring in someone who's a steady like 250 hitter with who gets a lot of walks like like at least at the very least he's safe and his role is only going to expand in tampa bay and honestly i i think that the 250 for his batting average that's the floor right now a lot of he's not he's not getting any elevation on his hits is something and that's the thing. If he can start getting less singles and getting the ball into the outfield a little bit more, I know that's mm-hmm. something they've been working on in practice, and that's something that the coaches and the managers have been saying about Yanni Diaz that he needs to work on. If he does that, he could be one of the free agent finds of the year. He's already a top 200 fantasy right. player, and that's with how many singles does he have right now? Um he has 14 hits, and two of them are doubles, and that's it. <laughs> well, that's the thing with Yandy Diaz, and I, I love that pick because Yandy Diaz, I kind of – he came on my radar a couple years ago because he hits the ball so hard. So but he has – he had the early, you know, career Christian Yelich problem, the Vlad Guerrero the past couple of years. He just hits mm-hmm. the ball into the ground. Yes. His ground ball rate has been – so high his career but he hits the ball so hard and if he could just tweak the elevation just a little bit he's gonna start hitting a ton of extra base hits because he's a great hitter he makes great contact mm-hmm. just hits Amazing. the ball to the ground yeah that's the thing it's hard to find a contact hitter who has mm-hmm. that much power behind exactly it. and you said it this is a problem that's easily fixed between Guerrero yeah. and Yelich there's evidence of that so Yandy Diaz is like it's it just seems he and he's four percent owned on Yahoo and he's taken in my league. <laughs> oh no! So, like, I figured this out. I was like, wow, this is a great pickup, and I'm like, wow, fuck you, bump. Thanks for taking my guy. Like it was terrible, but you know what? When when he eventually drops him, I'm gonna be right there to take him. I have him on my watch list, and everyone here should too. Uh, that's good. I think that's going to be it for us today, Steve. I know it's weird only having two people here. I feel like I'm running out of breath. I might need to have another, uh, Bud Light seltzer, uh, for the road here because uh, we're getting out of here a little soon, but nonetheless, I appreciate you being here and I can't wait to do this again next week. Hopefully next week we'll have uh, Conzie and Nick back for a little Yankees rant because I'm always looking forward to that. We didn't talk any Yankees this week. And let me tell you, we got to save it for them. I feel so yeah. good right now. I feel like my soul is cleansed. I didn't talk about Yankees baseball very much. I mentioned the name. Uh, you know, Rob is the only reason that I even brought up the Yankees. I don't even think he's watching <laughs> anymore because of because I kind of said I wouldn't say go Yankees. So that's a shame. Go Pirates, though. Go Blue Jays. That's where I stand. <laughs> that's going to be it for us, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you.